Welcome to the live preaching message from Loyalty House International, a denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and to preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Thank you for your wonderful hospitality. I believe we shall retaliate. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we thank the Lord Almighty who has made all things possible and beautiful in his time. I want to thank our father, the bishop of UD churches, Bishop Dagwood Mills. whose light, our light is shining. And, and I pray that your light also will shine. Amen. Amen. Well, tonight, I don't know if I've left anything, but everybody that I've not said thank you to God will say it to you. Thank you for also coming to listen to me because, you know, by knowing who is speaking and deciding to come, you are expressing confidence in me and I appreciate you. God bless you. Tell your neighbor, God bless you for having confidence in the servant of God. You know, last, I mean, Friday night, I gave them a key. Listen, let me show you what to do. I don't know what your system looks like, but anything that is mid-range, bring it out, bring it down. Give a little bit of treble, but not to the end and then give more of bass, you have a good sound. Hallelujah. Anything that is mid-range, take it out. Take it out. Because a mid-range makes you speak in your nose. Do you get it? And it's white people who speak in their nose because they have a big nose. Do you get it? So if it has a gain, reduce the gain a little bit because then that is what gives you the feedback. Hallelujah. You are, get, you are getting it. So if you don't even continue, it's fine. I think I'm okay. Yeah. If you can make it better, fine. But if it's not, I think I'm cool. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, tonight, I want us to still go into the word. Are you with me? Because, you know, it's so painful when you can see great people People whose lives are bigger choose to live a life that is so small. As if God doesn't care for them. It's so, it's so amazing. And you see, for most of you, you may think that to live the great life that God has prepared for your life, you should clean up before you begin to experience it. But I want you to know that, you see, you can't stand in the mud and expect to be clean before you go to the, to the place of, I mean, where it's clean. You have to go to the place where it's clean with your mud. That is the only way you can be clean. That is the only chance that you have to be clean. Because if you are standing in a place which makes you dirty and you are believing God to be clean one day in that place, you will never be clean. What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that a lot of Christians say, as for me, I, I mean, you know, because of my sins, because of this and that, uh, I can't really do some of the things of God. I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't. So what happens is that they keep on hiding behind their sins that they are dealing with. And therefore, do not show up where they are expected. Listen. Your sins, your sins, unless the power of God is operating in your life, 
You can't deal with them. They are stronger than you. Hallelujah. Your sins are stronger than you. You need to come to Jesus and be with Jesus. I said you need to come with Jesus and be with Jesus. With all your sins, he has the power to break them off you. So some of you, if you were to take church work seriously, even with your fornication, you say, Lord, you know, I just finished now, but I know it's wrong. I like you. And I know you also like me. You don't like what I did, but I just finished it. And you know I didn't want to do it. And then it kept pulling me, pulling me, and I did it. But I realized after doing it that this is not what I want to do. But all the same, Lord Jesus, I want to tell somebody about you. Look, it's just a matter of time. You lose the appetite for it. Because God has the power to make you lose the appetite for it. God has the power. You see, power belongs to God. And whatever power you need, it is, it is in God that you will find it. If you don't believe what I'm saying, listen and think carefully about the story of the Samaritan woman. The woman who Jesus met up at the well. At the time when she went for evangelism to tell the whole village, she was staying with somebody who is not her husband. You don't believe it. You don't believe it. You don't, it doesn't look like... What's your name? Rosemont. It doesn't look like you believe it. The woman was coming to fetch water at noonday. It's not a time when people go to fetch water. It is for a reason. Do you get it? Because she didn't want to meet up with all the village ladies. Because some of them will start fighting as soon as they see her. Because some of them, it is she who has taken their husband. You see, so she went at the top of the sun's power at noonday. Because she knows that as of noonday, the sun and the heat alone will prevent all his enemies, all her enemies, from coming to, to meet her up. But you see, when she, was, when she thought she was avoiding everybody, Jesus was waiting for her. The problem solver is, is as soon as she arrives Jesus says give me to drink and she started a conversation listen that woman she, she knows about God the fact that she has had five husbands and the one that she's staying with is not hers does not prevent her or it was not somebody who didn't know about God. Because when she perceived that Jesus knows something about God, she asked Jesus a question. Where are we supposed to worship? And Jesus promised her, come and drink of me if you know who is speaking with you. You ask of me the water which will prevent you or the water that will deliver you from having to hide the test that has made you try husband upon husband upon husband the water that I will give you will take away that test you see some of you the things you do it's not because you like them but it's because Satan tells you that when you do them it makes you this Look, there are some boys. 
they, they, they don't have confidence in themselves. So they gain confidence by sleeping with a lot of girls. Oh, yes. It, it's, not that, it's not that they like to sleep with a lot of girls, so, but it makes them feel that I'm a man. Because, because it, they have not settled in themselves that they are a man. A lot of women end up being slept with. Not because they like the sex. Because most of them, when they marry, they switch off. But it's because they, they're looking for affection. Somebody to tell them that they are special. Somebody to tell them that they are nice. Somebody to tell them they are, they are good. Because it was never told to them by their fathers. That's why if you are a man here and you are raising children, you must talk to them and you must affirm how wonderful they are. Especially if they are girls. We see boys need a man to show them authority. Girls also need a man to show a bit of authority. But girls need a man more for affection. To make them feel loved and f- so that when they are growing up, they will not keep looking for love elsewhere. Do you get it? So husbands, fathers, tell your children they are beautiful. They are nice. They are good. Tell them and act and let them see it. Make time for them. You see, when they start growing up, they will not be looking for love elsewhere because they know what true love is. Are you with me? Yeah. This is just by the way. And you see, that is what makes people thirsty moving around and all those things. But when, when you meet up with Jesus, he will solve all those problems. Whatever deficiency is in your life, Jesus will solve it once you meet up with him. So the woman, listen, the woman has had five husbands. If the last one is not hers, is the first one hers. But you see, when she met Jesus and saw that Jesus could be the Messiah based on the prophetic word that Jesus gave her, she, the Bible says she left her bucket and decided to go to the people who she has been hiding from. All of a sudden, it's like, I don't care what they say of me. She went to the same villages and the same people and said, come see a man come see a man who told me all I ever did. I don't know much about this church things. I don't know much about Messiah because I'm a sinner. But all the same, could this be the Messiah? What am I trying to say? And the Bible says the whole village, the whole village came to Jesus. And as they came and they listened to him, they said to the woman, now it is not because of what you said but we have also heard for ourselves and we believe. You see, you will never even see somebody who is a known husband snatcher in the town. You will not even listen to her tell you about Jesus. And most people will not even go but in the end, when she went, she, she brought a whole village to church. As the person you call a husband snatcher brought a whole village to church and they met Christ and they received Christ. The sinless people, they killed Jesus. The sinner brought people to Jesus. You see, if you can, I said, if you can rise up from wherever you are and believe the words of God with all your problems and begin to tell Jesus, tell people about Jesus and do the work of God. Your life will be beautiful. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway, this is just by the way. I don't know why I started saying this. is not what I came to preach. But I, it's my prayer. I said it's my prayer that you believe the word of God 
and you will rise up and offer your vessel to God and say Lord I know you have prophesied that I am the light of the world let my make me that light you have once you have said it it is true so show me the way that I may be the light and you shall be the light you shall be a light unto many people you shall be a light unto many people amen believe it look don't believe the lies of Satan Revelation chapter 12 I'm now starting the preaching tonight I'm sharing the word of God with you to bring light into your spirit especially I see the church is full of young people and you see what I can see is a great future a great future if you believe it and you walk in that grace and you see it's a blessing when God gives you a pastor who can also see beyond the natural you see a person with a prophetic gift is a great leader because you see they don't operate with what the eye can see they operate in the spirit God speaks to them and reveals things to them. And when they lead you, they lead you not according to what they feel, but according to what God has revealed to them. And you must take advantage. I said you must take advantage of the pastor you have with a prophetic gift that dreams and it comes to pass, that sees things. And, and, and don't, don't, you see, don't behave like a student who gets a very good math teacher but because of your truancy you can't do science hallelujah so make the best of what God has given you I said make the best of what God has given you and I know that God raises up you see when the Lord gives a servant with a particular gift to a, to, to a congregation it means from that congregation many of those gifts can come out you see because that you see what we don't understand what we don't understand is that the lord is doing many things at the same time i said the lord is doing many things at the same time some of you you cannot be controlled you cannot be told what to do it's like you are here you are not here half and half Today they see you, tomorrow they don't see you. Because Satan has deceived you. But that deception from today, in the name of Jesus, I break its power. Wherever blindness exists in your life, I bring light. And I heal that blindness in the name of Jesus. You shall see well. I said you shall see well. The eyes of your understanding will receive the light that it needs to help you to see things for what they are and not be deceived by it. In Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 12, I think we read verse 10. And I heard a voice, blah, 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 blah. For the accuser of the brethren is cousin, which accused them. Verse 11. And they overcame it by their blood and by the word of their testimony. And they loved their own life, not unto death. Let's go on. Therefore rejoice, O ye heaven, ye that dwell. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. Woe. Trouble unto those who stay on earth. For the devil is come unto you. Ish. It's not like the devil is in heaven. He has come to us. Hey! <laughs> Having great wrath because he knoweth that he had but a short time. The next verse. And when the dragon, oh, let me just go to my verse quickly, straight away. Just keep rolling it, keep rolling it. The next verse. Just, just the verse that says and Satan the deceiver that deceived the whole world there's a, one of the verses
Verse 9, actually, I, I went ahead of it. Verse 9. It says, And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil, also called Satan, and gives a description, a job description, his work. What work does he do? He deceiveth. Not deceived. You see, not deceived, not in time past, but it's present continuous. Those of us whose English teachers are still alive and who come to class. You see, it says, which deceived the whole world. In other words, the people of the world have somebody whose duty and whose job is to deceive them. But Jesus said, I am come a light. John 12, 46. He said, I am come a light into the world. I am come. You see, he knows, God knows that there is a deceiver in the world who makes people not see what they should see and therefore send for Jesus as a light I said send for Jesus as a light tonight I'm not preaching for long I just want to say something to you and I will pray whosoever believeth on me should not stay in darkness because deception is to be kept in the dark I said deception is to be kept in the dark but Jesus has come purposely purposely as a light to the world as a light to the world so that whosoever believeth on him should not should not abide in darkness. Now, our belief in Jesus with its corresponding works that shows that we believe in Jesus is the root by which we will never abide in darkness. Most of us say we believe in Jesus, but we are without works. I said, most of us say we believe in Jesus but there's no corresponding works. But tonight, may the Lord grant you the grace to walk in the corresponding works of your faith. I said, may the Lord grant you the grace to walk in the corresponding works of your faith. Because it is the Lord who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. That's why you must not listen. If there's anything, don't pray with, don't play with your prayer life. Do not play with your prayer life. If you are a believer, don't play games with your prayer life. I said, don't don't play games with your prayer life. No matter how difficult it is for you to pray. You have to engineer something. You see, when we were in school, or when I was in school, I, you see, I naturally don't like learning. Learning is not one of my gifts. I don't like learning at all. You know, when I see my son not wanting to sit down to learn, and the mother will be shouting, I know where it came from. So I normally don't shout. I normally don't shout at him. Because in my language they say the crab doesn't give birth to a bed. So I know where the boy got it from. And I know that it's not his fault. It's not something So I need to talk to him gently 
and nicely and encouraging. But I didn't like learning. But you see, I had to force. Because when I look to my right, and when I look to my left, and when I look behind, and when I look forward, my only option is to learn. And I thank God for that understanding. So what I did was the, the reason why I didn't like learning is this. I can't sit still. I can't sit still. And you can't run around and be reading. You need to enjoy sitting still. And unfortunately, I can't do it. Still, even now. So what I did was I made a plan. I will sleep when everybody's awake. And I'll wake up when everybody else is sleeping. Now, at that time, people are asleep. Because the difficulty of sitting still is affected by there's a, there's a push. Go and see this friend. Go and see that friend. Go and talk to this person. So if I sit down to read 10 minutes, then I'll get up and go and talk to... My, my son does the same thing. When you ask him to read and he's sitting down, you don't need to call him for him to come to you. Is it, Daddy, were you calling me? I said, I've not called you. Because the boy can't sit. So as I was growing up and I realized the problem that I had, that God, God by his spirit gave me a wisdom a wisdom of being able to understand where the problem is and making a counter plan. So I, I learned when everybody else is sleeping and to be awake when it's supposed to be sleeping time, I had to drink coffee. In secondary school days, I was chewing cola and putting my feet in bucket of water. You see, by so doing, all levels, I got distinction and A levels, I got three A's. A in physics, A in chemistry, A in maths. Yes, yes. Sometimes the only option of changing your situation and being what God has called you to be is to know what exactly must be done and do it by all means. And what I'm saying to you is that prayer is a necessity for you being what God wants you to be. And no matter your situation, never... That's all I'm saying. You see, today, I don't have to do anything. If I feel like sleeping, I'll sleep. If I wake up and I'm praying, I won't add that one out because of what I'm doing. But if it was for food, as a doctor, after finishing medical school, if I like, I don't want to do anything. Whatever money I get is enough. But you see, for a season as a child, I needed to get a degree that would give me a good money. And therefore, I did what I had to do. After, like Paul says, our, this, our, this our light affliction is but for a season. It's but for a while. You see, some of you, if you can force and come up with different strategies and start a prayer life, the power that will come into your life will begin to continue that prayer life and overcoming all the things that were overcoming you before. But the starting is what you need to put in effort. I said the starting is what you need to put in effort. Amen. Good. So I'm reading to you something. The deceiver of the whole world. Give me. So the Bible describes Satan as the, that deceiveth 
the whole world. Now, are you part of people in the world? You see, through Christ Jesus, the Bible says that we are not of the world. But we are in the world. We are not of the world, but we are in the world. That is why in John 17, 5, he prayed and said, keep them from evil. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. I know they are yours because you have taken them from the world and you have given them to me. And they have work to do. But I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I'm asking you to keep them in, in, still in the world, but out of evil. In other words, once you are in the world, Satan can affect you. And some of you, you know it, I mean, by now, first-hand information. So tonight, I came to tell you something. And listen carefully. You see, most of us, are you, are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, let me go up. So the camera guy is disturbing me. I don't see everybody. But it's okay, you can do your work. Now, everybody can see me. Can you see me? Sit up. Tell the person by you, sit up. And, and sit up properly. Listen to me. Listen to me. Most of us in the absence of developing our spirits and hence controlled by our spirit, we are controlled largely by our flesh and the knowledge that our, when I say our flesh we are controlled largely by our natural ways are you with me and the knowledge that has been given to our natural ways so for example if you call somebody and say any parent here and you say, your child must serve God with his life. Most parents will say no. I want my child to go to school. I want my child to get a job. And I want my child to be able to take care of his life, his expenses, isn't it? Can I ask you a question? Why do you go to school? Is it because you like school? Or is it because of what you will get from school? Come again. Is there anybody here you like your work? It's like you enjoy working. Is there anybody here? But is there anybody here you go to work whether you enjoy it or not? Because the world has told you that if you don't go to work, you will not eat. Are you with me? The world has told you so many things that if you can get a good qualification and get a good job and get enough money, all your problems will be solved. Isn't it? The world has told us that if you can get a woman or a man who loves you and marries you, you are going to be happy. Isn't it? And you see, even though you don't even need the revelation of the word of God to know that all these things are not true. For whatever reason, most of us still believe it. Most of us still believe it. Look, most women, let them have a lot of money and everything. If there's no man in their lives, life has not happened. Now, let me explain something to you. And I'm explaining something to you. Who is the God of this world? Pardon? Are you sure? It's not God. I said, Who is the God of this world? Who manages this world? Do you believe it? Are you sure? 
world. And he's in charge. Everything that the world teaches you is coming from Satan. Oh, you don't get it. I said, if Satan is the one in charge, he has information ministry. That tells you that a nice life is when your life is 1, 2, 8, 9, 12. When your life is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, it's not nice. So, you see, the world in which we live has taught us. Are you here with me? What is nice and what is not nice? But you see, the Bible tells us that Satan has no truth in him. John 8, 44. Now, if Satan has no truth in him, listen carefully. If Satan has no truth in him, it means that whatever he tells you is not true. If they say he never speaks the truth, and then after five minutes he comes to speak with you, could it be true? Please, can you give us our English? Let's, let's go to our English with John 8, 44. Give us our English. Give us our English in this verse. He always hated the truth. Why? Because there's no truth in him. The person doesn't have truth in him. For him. So whatever he says, if it's not true, what is it? And the Bible is telling that he doesn't have to go and borrow some lies. He makes them. It's on the high seas, so he's giving out some truth now. He makes them. He said, when he speaks a lie, it is consistent with his character. And the other version says, when he speaks a lie, it is of him. For he is a liar and the father of all lies. Now, now, in closing, I want you to believe the Bible because Jesus said I am the truth not I am a truth I am the way I am the truth and I am the life I want you to believe the Bible what you are struggling to believe pray to believe whatever the Bible says it is true, believe it and if you believe it, you will act it out. Never say that your case is different. Your case is not different. The moment you say your case is different and you don't obey the truth in the word of God, you are going to obey a lie that Satan has taught you. You see, even your experience Because listen, you may have experienced bad things with three men. The fourth man, if you judge the fourth man based on the three people, so even your experience is not true always. In fact, most of the time, your experience is not true. I said, most of the time, your experience is not true. 
Your experience has so many contributing factors that it can be manipulated. Go to your school, but know how far you will take the truth of your learning. And stop challenging the word of God with your mind and your experience. Whatever the word of God says, leave it out and you will prosper. Now, in closing on the preaching, I'm not preaching for long. The Bible tells us that we know 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. I'm now coming to give you a direct product for your riches. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 the Bible says you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the generous grace. In other words, a favor that you don't deserve and it's not in limited supply but in abundance. It's generous. It's like God has favored you so much so that you, it's almost like you did nothing to qualify for it. But he has been so generous. Is it? For you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus. Though he, Jesus, was rich. Yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty you could be made or by his poverty, he could make you rich. Did you remember? I said, did you remember? Who will make you rich? I said, who will make you rich? Not yourself. Look, of your own self, you are not likely to make it. Satan will collect all your goodies on the way. He will rob you. Satan will rob you of everything. Ah, but pastor, there are people who don't believe in Jesus but, and they don't do this church thing, but they are rich. Do you know the prayers that is following them? Do you know the agreement and the arrangement that they are for them to prosper. You don't know. Don't, don't say, oh, because you don't have that agreement. You are the one to start the agreement to make your children prosper. Your nananum sum abusum. You are the one who is to start the generational blessing. That 10 generations from you, prosperity will be their portion of life. And the Bible is telling us that Jesus became poor so that you and I might be rich. The question I want to ask you, how? I said, the question I want to ask you, how? How is it going to make us rich? I said, how is he going to make us rich? Through prayers? Yes. Pray for what? Let me not make you think too far. How rich you are depends on what you trade in. Or simply put, depends on what you deal in. You see, if you are dealing in tomato, you can be rich, but it will take you a long time. As against somebody who is dealing in iPhones or who is dealing in cars. Are you with me? So the product you deal in will determine the riches that comes to you. That is why African countries are poor. 
Because our products we deal in are so, you see, they, they are so low in everything. That, that's why we are poor. Now, listen to me carefully. I'm showing you, and don't say that nobody told you. When Jesus met his disciples, Peter and Co., what did he say to Peter? I think Matthew 4, 19 or so. I'm not sure if it's 419, but it's one of those places. What did he say to Peter? What did he say to the disciples when he called them? What, what do you know? What do you know that he, he said to them? Follow me. Is that all? Come again. Jesus said to them, follow me. You are fishing fish. You can't be rich by fishing fish. Because it's a low product. It's a low product. I'm going to change your business and the things you're dealing. You are dealing in fish. But I've come to empower you. You are going to deal with in human beings. Yeah. I said you are going to deal in human beings. Yeah. He became poor. So that you Point number one. He became poor. So that you'll be rich through changing the products that you deal in. A doctor is far richer than a carpenter. If both of them do well in their business, a doctor is far richer than a carpenter. A doctor is far richer than a cleaner. A lawyer is far richer than an office clerk. They both go to work for eight hours, but one gets far more than the other. It is because of what they deal in, not because they have seven eyes. Two ears, a mouth, two hands, two legs, and everything, they are, they are all equal. But one of them has trained their mind to deal in higher products. So they are paid more. Now, when, is it a surprise? When Jesus saw Peter fishing fish, he said, leave the fishing business. I'm going to, you, you, you know how to fish. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Bishop, I mean, how can fishing men make you rich? Do you want to know the answer? Point number two. What does a man have that makes him valuable? A man has a soul. I said a man is a soul. I said a man is a soul. There's no talk of the fishes having a soul that will go to heaven. The fishes are for food. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? It means that, listen carefully, it means that one soul in terms of profitability is far more than the gain of the whole world. But Satan being a liar will tell you that three cars are better than one soul. But I tell you the truth and I lie not. Jesus says one soul is better than the whole world. verse for me. You can find it in Mark. I think Mark 8 or somewhere. Matthew also is there. So what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? 
You see, sometimes we read the scriptures, but we don't think about it. When Jesus called the disciples, the first thing he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. In other words, I'm going to make you rich. What, Bishop, why are you talking about? Why? Because Jesus knows what he has done for the disciples. So when the disciples ask him, especially Peter asked him, when Peter heard Jesus talk about the rich man not being able to go to heaven and say, hey, if rich men can go to heaven and we are going to heaven, does it mean that all our businesses that we have lost, we are not going to be rich? Jesus told them that there is nobody that has left houses, mother, brothers, sisters, and shall not have in this life a hundredfold. In other words, the goods I've given you to deal in, the goods that I'm going to give you power to deal in, it's going to make you far richer than what you have lost. It's going to make you far richer than what you have lost. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? In other words, a soul, a soul in terms of price and in terms of value is greater than the whole world. That is why you don't benefit anything if a soul is lost. So the person who is dealing in souls is a person who is rich. And the poverty of Christ in that for us to be rich hinges on the fact that by his death and resurrection we got the Holy Spirit, the power that becomes fishes of men. Yeah, I know it's hard. You understand it when I'm gone. That's why as a Christian, if you neglect soul winning, you are actually neglecting your own riches. I said, as a Christian, if you neglect soul winning, you have blocked the prosperity that God came to give to you from working in your life. Yeah. But I've shown you the maths that if one soul is more than the whole world and no matter how much you work you can't gain the whole world but you don't have to work much to gain one soul from hell to heaven because God by his spirit has put his the ability in you to turn many unto righteous by the gift of the Holy Spirit in you you can fish out men from hell instead of fishing out fish from the sea. You can fish out men from hell. And Jesus is saying that one soul is more than the whole world. The lie of Satan is to tell you that, ah, what am I going to do with one soul? Am I going to sit in one soul to drive around when I need a car? Listen, I don't know how the math is but the one who speaks the truth says that one soul is more than the whole world. May you never neglect the truth of the word of God and that winning a soul is profitable for you. It's true riches because when Peter said we have left all in Matthew 19 I think, I think Matthew 19 or 20 he said we have left all and followed you. Or what shall we receive? What is in this for us? Jesus said, there's nobody that has left all and followed me in this life. First of all, he promised them that anybody who has done that has acquired a table position with me in heaven. And then he went on to explain that even apart from that, in this life, in this life, in this life, please look for that verse for me. And then it's Matthew 19, either 19 or 20. I keep confusing my verses. But it's 19. Is it either 19 or 20? Matthew 20. No, just check. You must check. Just check and be sure. 
when the rich man said it is impossible for the rich man to go to heaven how hardly shall a rich man enter into the kingdom of heaven and said with men it is impossible but with God all things are possible then Peter sat there quietly and said hey rich people can go to heaven Yo, so we can't be rich you see there's nothing wrong in expecting to gain by following God I'm saying there's nothing wrong in expecting to gain by following God because even Peter the one upon whom the church is to be built said to the Lord what shall we receive please let's read on let's read on 19 20 something 27 I just want Peter's question we've given everything to follow you hey you are saying rich people can't go to heaven Jesus do you know what you are saying that rich people can't go to heaven what are you saying hey you thought we just left to follow you so that we go to heaven poor no way no way Jesus yeah because we have followed you expecting to be rich so if you are saying that rich people can't easily go to heaven hey what are you saying that you have not said Peter said to him we've given up everything to go follow to, to follow you what would we get Jesus said I assure you that when the world is made new and the son of man sits upon his glorious throne you who have been my followers will also sit on twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel but then that one is, to, is in the future in the present everyone who has given up houses brothers or sisters or father and mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life now how were they going to receive all those things if they are fishes of men I said, how were they going to receive all those things? If the only job that was given to them, from the beginning to the end, Jesus didn't start another business of bread factory with the miracles. No. He told them from the beginning, I'll make you fishers of men. When he was about to go, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel them that believe you baptize them in my name when he finally came and was about to go he told them that after that you have received endowed with power you shall be witnesses unto me so it's the same business so how are they unless Jesus is lying how are they going to have in this life a hundredfold I promise you the hundredfold is going to come in the business of soul winning Don't say, I didn't tell you. You can believe the world of how to be rich or you can believe Jesus of how to be rich. I believe and I will continue to believe Jesus. That is why when I, look, when I put two and two together, I said, I would rather do the business that Jesus said his disciples should do, which is so winning, than to practice medicine the world tells me that you have gone to school all these years blah 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 and you have done it how can you do it shut up I've got a better business because Jesus says I said that is why your pastor who is a surgeon who is a surgeon would choose rather to do so business than to be a re just having I mean, how, how could you deal, try to repair something that 
in the end, it will still die. When you are being offered a job to deal with something that will never die. Do we know something that is able to make angels in heaven happy? And God has offered you an opportunity to deal in them whilst you are here. And you are saying what? Nonsense. It's up to you. If you are poor, don't blame Jesus. I said, if you are poor, don't blame Jesus. But me, and don't, please don't envy me. I said, don't envy me. Don't envy me. Say, ah, if I was a doctor like you, Bishop, I'm going to really, really make good use of it. You, I have seen the light. Jesus is come a light into this world. And he says, this business would make you prosper. This business would make you prosper. What business do you want to do? I want to do soul winning business. I don't know about you. I said, I don't know about you, but I want to do soul winning business. And excuse me to say, a soul is a soul. Whether it's an old man or a young man, it's still a soul. My business currently is young people. I said, my business currently is winning young people for the Lord. They are easy to win because Satan doesn't have too much of a stronghold on them. And they flow easily. Old people, Satan has locked them in and out. Satan has, has so many hooks in them. They are hard to be won. That's why I'm very happy when I see the church full of young people. And those of you who are old, don't despise the young people. They, they are your prophets. Get more of them and teach them to get, bring more. You go with them and say, we are going so winning. You do t-shirts. And you say, we are going, hey, from today, from today, don't, don't call so winning, just so winning, or we are going to uh, evangelism. Say, we are doing so business. We are doing so business. So business. Not evangelism. It's a soul business. Yeah. Just as some people deal in gold. We don't deal in gold. We deal in souls. Because, listen. Jesus said, you will receive a hundred times as much in return. Whatever the value of what you have lost is not two times, it's hundred times. Plus, after eternal rewards. And you say what? Your stomach is, ah, Bishop, we are hungry, we want food to eat. You are not wise. You are not wise. When it's clear in the Bible, hey, when you wake up in the morning, instead of praying for a job, before you have prayed for a job, you say, Lord, three souls, Lord. Three souls. Three, just three. Only three. Don't let me go empty. Handed. I need three souls today, Lord. Just three. Just three. Look, if you start this type of prayer, say, Because of some small problem, it's, it's, I mean, if I have a company phone and I need to make a call, I can make a call with a company phone. Yeah. I mean, if I have a company car, it's not every place that I go that has to be company. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to be blamed for it. 
Look, those who would hear, you shall prosper. Let not a day, a week passes without checking. And therefore, I shouldn't pause to explain everything. But I want to read a verse to you and leave you with a question. Luke chapter 15. I want to read verse 7. Don't sit, don't sit. We are praying. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can we all read together? In other words, one soul that is one makes joy to come to heaven, isn't it? Verse 10. Verse 10. Let me ask you a question. If winning a soul brings joy to the angels in heaven and in the presence of God, what else does it bring or what else does it do that we don't know? I'm asking you a question. Could it do something else that we don't know? It's up to you. And, and this is in response to those of you who wants to know how winning soul can make you prosper. I'm asking, I'm leaving you with this question. Because if soul winning could evoke joy, what else can it evoke? We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our website on royaltyhousesouthafrica.org.